at that point, if you just have a lot of certifications, but you can't talk to anyone, it doesn't really make it. It doesn't help. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today, I'm talking to performance coach and athlete Mike Idella, who is perhaps best known online for helping resurrect some strongman lifts from a bygone era. Mike's done immensely impressive things, like a one-arm overhead squat at 315 pounds, a two-hands anyhow lift with 430 pounds, and the list goes on. In addition, Mike is an accomplished endurance athlete. We talk about following your heart and strength and balancing so many different training methodologies and goals to keep things exciting. Also, I want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbend podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get on with the show. Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. I, I got to ask, you have a beautiful background behind you. Where are you, where are you recording from today? I am currently at the uh, Boulder Library in Boulder, Colorado. Oh, that's why it's sunny and beautiful there behind you. <laughs> it's it's hot. It's uh, ninety five, I think, today. See, I in my mind, I think of Colorado. I think of mountain states. I think of skiing, of snow, of cold weather. But yeah, right here in August, definitely not the case. Yeah, for sure. It's really the Front Range is such a beautiful location. Boulder and Denver are right at the uh, base, kind of the Rocky Mountains. So a lot of that snow and uh, inclement weather gets stuck in the mountains, which in the wintertime is great for skiing. Um, But in the summertime, you know, the sun really pumps down here. So if you're into out, if you're into outdoor activities and you want the full range, basically you're saying Colorado's got it all throughout the year. They got they got the hot and the cold. Yeah, I mean. 100%. I think uh, I've lived many different places in my life and I am in love with Colorado. It feels like I'm on a vacation every weekend. How long have you been in Colorado? Uh, About four years now. Okay. So this is, this is home now for you. Yeah, totally. This is where I'm sleeping and, um, and I I really do like it here. Excellent. Well, Let's get back to uh, why you're why you're on the podcast. A lot of folks might not be familiar with you, but tell us a little bit about your athletic background, um, and we'll get to you know bring us up to speed on on kind of who Mike is, and then we'll we'll uh, kind of go from there, leapfrog from there. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have a a pretty varied background, so I'll try to keep it a little bit concise. Um, you can, you know I what? This st- is this is an opportunity to talk about yourself. Don't be humble. So just do do what you okay. want to do. I'll, I'll give you the story. So uh, I played almost every single sport in high school except for lacrosse, which which I regret. But um, I wound up playing football in college at a Division three school in upstate New York called SUNY Cortland. Um, before that, I was a quarterback and a cornerback in high school, and so I was about five eleven, hundred ninety five pounds. And they told me I was needed to play middle linebacker. And I looked at the roster and these guys are 240, 250 pounds. And so I was, okay, I got to get bigger. And my friend was working out uh, with the Olympic weightlifting coach at the time. And uh, I went with him to learn a few sessions. And uh, in about four months, um, I gained 35 pounds, 
not all muscle, obviously, but it, uh, I blew up to like 235 pounds and, uh, learned to fall in love with the sport of Olympic weightlifting. Um, yeah, from there I went and played football in college. And then after that, I competed in stand up paddleboarding, flirted a little bit with, um, Olympic weightlifting still. And then I really got into yoga, which then got me into arm balancing, which then got me into partner acrobatics, which then got me into circus and Cirque. And then um, that got me into strongman. So I was interested in expressing my strength in different ways. Um, and then let's see, I got into ultra, ultra distance running for a hot second. I ran two 50 mile ultras in one month which I don't recommend, um, unless that's your thing, but that, that was challenging. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my athletic background. So, uh, on Instagram, how we first came across you, uh, I think we were tagged in some po- people were tagging us in the comments of some of your posts. It was a lot of interesting expressions of strength. It was some, uh, old timey, what, what people might call old timey strongman moves. You've done a lot of like two hands, anyhow, lifts and things like that. Explain to folks what that might what that is the two hands anyhow lift and how you started just coming how you learned about that lift in the first place because no one's really done that competitively for a hundred years and uh and, and you know what that exploration of strength was like in that particular movement we can use that to talk about some other things and i was very interested i'm very interested to talk about the reactions you've gotten online from that <laughs> yeah totally well i uh have figured out from my background with yoga hand balancing and olympic weightlifting that i'm really good at keeping my arms straight and so (laughs) (laughs) that's uh, my my core is really strong and i'm really good at like articulating my um uh, my scap and being able to lock out my my elbow and so from that i was found a picture of eugene sando doing a like a windmill with a um with a barbell and then picking up a kettlebell look like and i was like that looks kind of interesting and uh, about three years ago, I had played around with the idea of uh, what's a really heavy overhead squat with one arm. And so I was experimenting with how to get the barbell to my shoulder and then push it overhead and or really jerk it overhead and then uh, squat down. And so I put those together with the two hands anyhow, which to be honest, I'm, I was learned about this year just from Google searches on the internet and some websites like Barbend to try to figure out uh, inspiration from what these strong men have done in the past. Uh, but yeah, I clean the barbell, bring it to my shoulder, push it over my head, and then uh, pick up a weight from the ground, and and that's the two hands. Anyhow, it's 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 like the toughest looking windmill anyone has anyone has ever seen. And when you post about it, we've reposted it a couple times. It's impressive weights. I should ask what what kind of for those who don't know, what kind of weights are you moving with the two hands anyhow lift? Uh, the most I've done is uh, 225 up top and 225 below together. Okay. So 400, 450 pounds supported by your body in various planes. Yeah, of course, your, 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 core, your core is pretty strong. Just imagining that in my head, I'm sure my spine would rip, <laughs> in, would rip in half. Um, what are some of the comments you get on social media? I've had a lot of folks... I've read a lot of comments when we've reposted this, people just saying like, oh my God, why are you, why are you posting this? This is so stupid. And I think a lot of people don't realize it's actually a pretty important part of strength history. And it was one of the first famous expressions of strength before the rules of weightlifting was caught, was, were codified before powerlifting existed. This is one way that people like Eugene Sandow, the pioneers expressed their strength. So what are the comments that you have received and, and how do you often respond to those? 
Yeah. You know, I think people, they're not used to seeing that lift. And so it looks really extreme and it looks um, irregular to what their personal trainer or what their class teacher is telling them to do with them their movements. And so sometimes, I mean, a lot of times, to be honest, people aren't inspired by it. They're like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, uh, how'd you even think to do this? And then I couldn't even deadlift this. How are you lifting it over your head? Uh, so I get a, a lot of those comments. And then, and then, yeah, some, some people um, are just questioning it, I would say. What does a t- week of training look like for you? You're, you're someone who you've mentioned, I think, 11 different sports and disciplines that you've that you've done over the years. You're probably not playing linebacker much these days, is my guess. But what what does your training look like uh, these days? And, and what are some of the other expressions of strength and fitness that you're pursuing? Yeah, I mean that's a great question. Um, to be honest, it really varies. I I like to go off of what I'm inspired by. So if I find um, something that I'm interested in trying. Um, I have a lot of baseline strength that I've developed, um, you know, when I was younger, uh, so that I can go in and practice a skill. I really am addicted to skill-based exercises or expressions. Um, so right now, currently, um, I love running up mountains. I love scrambling, like free climbing up mountains. And so I just make up a make up little challenges um, in my head. And in, in Colorado, especially in Boulder, there's a lot of human mountain goats. And uh, Strava is a great app to um, see kind of how you can, can compete with them based on your age or your weight or, or just all time. Um, so one I'm trying to do now is run from my car. Uh, it's like a mile and a half, a mile and a quarter to the base of a second flat iron. Scramble up that on your hands and feet um, and then run back down to your car in less than 40 minutes. Um, my fastest is 40 minutes and two seconds, oh. which was heartbreaking. <laughs> But uh, for me, I'm 210 pounds. And so there's obviously people that can do it faster, but um, yeah, it's a great mental challenge and obviously really physical. How often are you in the gym lifting and are you following a particular, you know, um, powerlifters would say, you know, they're doing the big three this many days a week, squat, bench, deadlift, that sort of thing. Are you following any sort of periodized strength training program right now? Because even though you're, you're, you're challenging yourself in all these different disciplines, I mean, you're still very strong. You're putting 225 pounds overhead effectively with one hand, you know, you're deadlifting lots of weight, you're moving lots of weight. Do you kind of have a base of movements or resistance training that you need to always hit in a given week or does it vary as well? Yeah. I, to be honest, I haven't really done a periodized program in probably six months. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I've, I focus a little bit on uh, more body weight stuff at the moment. I really believe um, in calisthenics, especially if, at least for the, my upper body, if I can do things like freestanding handstand, 90 degree pushups and press handstands and um, different movements like that, that my upper body stays strong when I go back to weightlifting. Um, and then for my lower body, I've just been, like I said, running up the mountains and, and trying to get out, outside as much as possible. I think people underestimate the impact of just generally being active. What are some disciplines in strength or just physical culture that you haven't explored so far and that you're just like, hey, I need to tackle that or explore that at some point in my career? Mm, that's a great question. Uh, nothing jumps up at me right off the bat because I would probably go for it if I if I really wanted to do it. Um, that's just my personality, and I think it serves it serves me in a lot of ways. Where I'll get obsessed about something, and then I'll either accomplish it or come close to accomplishing it, and then I'll want to jump to something different. 
And that keeps me injury free. I've like knock on wood, haven't had a lot of major injuries. And so I'll have a goal of, um, like one arm overhead squatting 300 pounds or 315, 315 pounds. And then I'll do that. And then that goes to the side and then I'll work on running 50 miles in the grand Canyon. And then I'll do that. And then I'll jump to something else. And so, uh, I forget your question now. <laughs> just no, no, no. Just anything, anything <laughs> is yeah. on your, anything. The question was anything is on your radar that you haven't gone for yet, but it seems like you, you, you kind of go for those things pretty quickly. Just to clarify, you did a 315 pound one arm overhead squat. Yep. How long did it take you once that goal was in mind to, to accomplish it? And what did training for that look like? That's just such a very specific thing. And I can't think of anyone else I've ever talked to who's, who's done that. Yeah, it's, it is really specific. And, um, you know, I, when I first would think of that, it's like, there's no chance that's impossible. When I pick 315 off the ground to clean it or deadlift it, I'm like, this is, this is really heavy to lift up with one hand. And so, uh, you know, price started in 2018. I was messing around with a heavy windmill. And so I would pick the bar up off the rack, like I was going to jerk it and then lift it with one shoulder, dip and drive and, and lock it out overhead. And I started at 135. And then I was just curious. That was, felt pretty simple. So I put some more weight on and put some more weight. And I think the first time I did, it, I did 200 pounds. And then the next goal was two plates, 225. And then I, I hung out there for a while and, uh, and didn't even think 315 was possible just from, you know, how difficult that was. Um, and then for me, my, uh, my main lifts aren't that great. Like my best, I mean, my best deadlifts, like 525, my best squat is like 440. Um, and so for me, the 315, like the squat was harder than like holding it over my head in that weird position at the time. Now, did you, that's 315. You didn't do that like on the right arm and then also do it on the left arm. You were training like one, were you training one specific arm a little bit stronger than the other at that point? Mm, oh yeah. Oh yeah. My right arm. Yeah. I definitely can't do that with my left arm. <laughs> what do you think you could, what at that point when, when you, after you train for that, like, what do you think you could have done with your left arm? If you'd had to max out on that arm that day? Mm, probably like, around 200 225 I find it fascinating I mean we're not by we're not perfectly symmetrical as human beings and I think that people oftentimes when they get stuck in just doing two-handed barbell movements all the time and they're working in one range of motion or, or, or just a very limited range of motion um, they don't under they underestimate how different the stability and strength capabilities of their different sides or their different limbs are. So I think it's just a really good expression of the fact that like you can seem pretty strong and you can seem fairly balanced, but when it comes to actually maxing out something like that between arms, there's a massive, massive difference. Um, I actually haven't seen that video. The first thing I'm going to do after we're done with this podcast recording is go look up that video because it's just a fascinating, fascinating thing. Like, after you accomplish something like that, something very specific, it's not like there's an over a single arm overhead squat competition you can go to and compete at these days. What do you feel after that? Because you've accomplished that for yourself. Is there like a, 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 a kind of like riding a high and then suddenly you're just kind of like, what's next? I'm, I'm a little sad now. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a high. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's something I've never seen. And so I don't know that it could be done. I mean, I've seen people lift weights like that over their head at world's strongest man, but I've never seen them squat it. And I was doing it with a barbell. And so 
it's obviously a lot longer. And so there's a little balance point finding the, the middle spot. Um, so yeah, there's a little, a little bit of a, I mean, there's a huge high once I did it, I was really excited. And then afterwards it was like, cool. I don't know. I don't really have a desire to keep going in that place. I kind of uh, was driven a little bit just by the idea of 315, those three black plates on each side. Like, I'm not going to lie that I did 300 and I was like, this is cool. What's 15 more pounds. Let me try that. Well, let's talk about a little bit of uh, a little bit about your day job. I mean, what are you? Um, yeah, physical culture and activity is obviously part of who you are, but you're also a trainer. Uh, you work with a lot of different folks. But if I had to like narrow down a sport where I'd say, oh, Mike probably works with people on this sport or on this particular physical path, I probably couldn't guess it just based on our conversation so far. So, uh, tell us about what you do in that professional sense. Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. I, um, I started off my career doing a lot of strength and conditioning and I was fortunate. The New York jets came to my college for training camp and I interned with their strength staff, uh, for two years during training camp. Um, I went out to California after that and interned at athletes performance now Exos. And so I was really fortunate when I was younger to learn from some of the best coaches in the game on uh, you know, how to make efficient and effective athletes. And that's what I love to do. I managed a strength and conditioning facility in New York for a bunch of years. But then to be honest, I, I really was, you know, thinking to myself, it's really fun helping people get bigger and faster and stronger, but what happens when they're outside of the gym and that's going to relate to their overall health. And so that's when I dove a lot into yoga and mindfulness practices and went on what I called an alternative graduate studies program where I traveled the world studying from various cultures just with a backpack on uh, community health and ways that people you know, live as happy and healthy as possible. And so now uh, that's what I do. I work as a um, performance coach, what I call it. And it's a little bit strength coach, a little bit life coach, a little bit um, therapist, a little bit counselor. And I use all these various modalities um, in a way to create a program like what are the sets and reps of emotional strength or vulnerability? And what are the exercises that we do uh, for individuals? On your travels and learning from physical culture and traditions from around the world, um, anything, I mean, it's, it's difficult to distill that down to a short podcast interview, but what are some moments or experiences that stick out to you that maybe change your perspective on the pursuit of physical strength and well-being? Yeah, I would say community is one. I mean, that's the biggest one that I found. When I was in um, Costa Rica and Austria, uh, I was surfing a lot in Costa Rica. And then in Austria, I was with these crazy Austrian men who run up mountains and ski down them and um, have a really great community of people that they can do that with. And I think there's a huge you know, a huge benefit to being in a gym and being in with people that can push you. When, when I first was learning Olympic weightlifting, it was in a basement um, with my, with my coach and we had two other people there and just having that little bit of a community each and every day, uh, you know, provided uh, a lot of detail oriented movement, which obviously is important in a skill lift like that. I got you. Now, that that alternative graduate studies program what <laughs> what what influenced you to kind of take that path uh, you know a lot of folks would go 
go take a traditional graduate studies path, or they would intern with another storied strength and conditioning program. Um, not to say the ones that you had experience with weren't storied. They're some of the best, some of the best to this day. Um, but what was, what was that deciding factor and what pushed you to, to kind of do that self-guided form of education? Yeah. You know, to be honest, I told myself, um, that the soft skills were really important of coaching. And, and I really loved that idea. So I said, you know what, Mike, in your twenties, learn the most about yourself as you can learn the most about your emotional health and, and your mental health and how you relate to the world and how you can relate to other people. Cause when you're 30 and, and this was me when I was younger, but I was like, when you're 30, you have to like have it figured out. And so at that point, if you just have a lot of certifications, but you can't talk to anyone, it doesn't really make it, it doesn't help. And so, um, that's where I, that's where I leaned into it. You know, I read the book, the art of nonconformity by, um, Chris Gillibill, and uh, he outlines this alternative graduate studies program, um, in that book. And it, and it inspired me and I'm 32 now. And I would, I would double, I'm double down. I'm doubling down on, uh, on that concept. I'm very glad that you, that you referenced the, the thinking that by the time you're 30, you have to have it figured out as kind of like a young person's perspective. Because I'm <laughs> o- I'm over the hump as well, so I'm I'm glad that you I'm glad that you brought that up and kind of contextualized that. Otherwise, otherwise, I'd feel a little bit like an old an old fogey. Um, I am pretty set in my ways, though, so that's that's to be fair. Well, who are some other folks in the strength community or the broader fitness community who have inspired you? Maybe folks you've been able to work with, or maybe folks who just by following along from afar, have helped shape the way um, you approach what you do both in your personal physical expressions and in your work with clients? Yeah. Um, I say Paul Check is one that helped me out when I was really young. Um, he got, I got into some holistic health and wellness through him and loved uh, uh, some different exercises and, and some ways of activating through my core that I learned through him. Um, uh, Matt Giordano is a yoga teacher that I'd studied with and like just seeing people float up in their hands and do wild things with their bodies was really, was really enticing. Um, strong camps on Instagram. I think DJ, I've never met him, but we engage a little bit on, online. Um, I get some inspiration from him. I recently did a one hang, one arm hang challenge where you hang from one arm and then hold weight in the other hand. Uh, that was pretty fun. That sounds like right up your alley, by the way. It just anything was, where you have to yeah. do something with one arm and a different thing with the other arm and it involves weight. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking Mike. Yeah, totally. That, that's a really good challenge. I mean, I'm, I studied with uh, Ido Portal a little bit um, in Copenhagen. He definitely inspired me for, for a period of time. Um, but I love learning all the different abilities. Um, my friend Dave Durante is a, a lip, former Olympic gymnast who runs Power Monkey Fitness. Um, I used to work with him in, in New York City. And so, you know, I love learning all these different modalities and then pulling them together. And so if I'm teaching something like a handstand, I can teach it from, you know, a Las Vegas Cirque background. I can teach it from a gymnastics background. I can teach it from a yoga background. I can teach it from all the, all these different ways and use the art of coaching and the different cues and methods and exercises that are going to work best for that specific individual. 
I like that you referenced Dave. I'll, we'll have to link to his podcast. He, he's joined us on the Barbin podcast. I'll have to link to that in the show notes. Appreciate you bringing that up. Well, if folks want to follow along with what you're doing or they're interested in you know, the, the next uh, expression of physical strength or mental strength that you pursue, it's, any, it's, it's anyone's guess what that might be over the next few years or what those might be, I'm sure. Where's the best place to follow along with you? Yeah, I would say it'd be Instagram, uh, social media. My handle's Mike.idella. Um, you can also follow along on my website, which is mikeidella.com. Excellent. Mike, I really appreciate you joining us today. It's fun to talk to someone who's just so passionate about exploring the world of, of physical expression and using strength in unconventional ways. So I appreciate share, you sharing a little bit about your experience and your story with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. And thanks for all of the amazing content that you guys put out and inspire people like myself to, to do that, to express ourselves in different ways. We love doing it. Talk to you later, Mike.